0: We're all searching for stability or something that lasts. Streaming on Anchor FM Worldwide, Eternal Insight starts now. Here's Anthony Maranese. Well, hello. Welcome to Eternal Insight. If you're noticing a different voice this show, well, we can't get anything past you. I'm Mallory Taff. I'll be co-hosting today's episode along with Anthony, um, your usual host.
1: Indeed. Indeed, everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Um, hopefully, that's not too disappointing to all it of you. It is
0: quite disappointing, Anthony. Quite disappointing. <laughs> you have to listen to me anymore. <laughs> um, so, on this episode, we're going to be a little different and that Anthony is sort of our guest today. So, he's been working on a quite an impressive labor of love that we wanted to give some airtime to. So, rather than him just talking about it, we figured we, it'd be easier on the ears to have two voices this time.
1: And uh, I know all of our listeners are absolutely thrilled that I'm still one of the voices that they get to hear, right? I know that they are ecstatic. (laughs) Obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we talk more about that, um, we want to open the show as we normally do by thanking all of our listeners who joined us on the Anchor FM streaming radio platform, as well as those who listen via podcast. Um, So as always, we want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at Insight underscore Eternal. Um, You can and are encouraged also to email us with any questions or constructive comments with your own internal insights, which could be featured or on future shows um, at the address eternalinsightspm at secretary.net. So again, that's eternalinsightpm at secretary.net. So we begin our shows with a quote of the day, and today's comes from the late Austrian psychologist and renowned author of the book, Man's Search for Meaning. Victor Frankl. He said those who have a why to live can bear with almost any how. And with that said let's jump right into our conversation with today's guest. He's the author of four books including the best-selling Sport and Spiritual Life, The Integration of Playing and Praying which was nominated in the Christian Thought category for an Illumination Book Award in 2016, a certified life coach, a theologian specializing in various topics in spirituality, an educator, speaker, a 20-year cancer survivor, and is the usual host of Eternal Insight. So today we're going to be talking on a bit of a deeper level with Anthony Maronis. He's nearing the completion of his fifth book and is particularly excited about this one. So it's going to be titled Cross of a Different Kind confronting cancer with the christian spirituality it's scheduled to be released in january or february of 2018 so only a few brief months from now and will be available on amazon and wherever books are sold so anthony the title gives us an idea but what is this book about really
1: mallory your uh, your introduction was was masterful if i do say so myself um uh, I think it was honestly it was just it was great. You're <laughs> much more, you. you're much more exciting than I am. Uh, much more riveting. Um, she's she's got that vim and that ver that that all of you have have probably been longing for after listening to me <laughs> drone on for several I'm episodes. Sure,
0: that's not true. You're uh, very energetic.
1: Thank you. Thank you um so the the title uh, of the book that you mentioned cross of a different kind is is the primary title and confronting cancer with christian spirituality um is the the subtitle and when run together as as my both my mother and father have told me before wow you academics you always have such long titles for your books well i mean yeah one is the actual title and then one is the subtitle so cross of a different kind is not that long either way um, you're you're right to ask about the title because that it does seem a little unusual. Um, the subtitle sort of gives you a little bit more of a clue. Um, cancer is more than a physical illness. Um, a lot of people automatically go there uh, with it in mind. They they realize that it's a physical battle. They realize that um, it's something that requires you to fight for your life and to sort of summon that um, that that interior. Them and ver that we just talked about that you seem to have in abundance um, in, in order just to, to live a, a physical life. But um, anybody that's ever been through um, an illness such as this or any other catastrophic illness, I can think of um, AIDS, I can think of autoimmune diseases, things like that, where day in and day out there is sort of this battle to reclaim some semblance of normality. Um, in your life, they, they, they will automatically admit that it, it takes more than a physical toll. It also takes an emotional a toll, a social toll. And um, from from my point of view and perspective, it, it definitely has a spiritual impact. So um, this title examines the spiritual components, uh, that, that are in, in some way detrimental to us, um, and we, we try to, in, a, in essence, do what we're doing on this radio show today, and that is literally flipping the script, uh, where I'm usually in the driver's seat and usually have a, another guest or a co-host or something like that, and instead, you know, today I'm taking the guest role. Well, well, cancer sort of does that to a person's life, rather than the person being in the driver's seat of their own life, um, it really, uh, it, it literally flips the script and it puts them in the passenger seat where they just have to sort of sit back and go along for the ride, but they have to try and make the best of that ride. So this title actually, Cross of a Different Kind, um, comes from uh, the guidance that uh, Jesus Christ gives us in in Matthew sixteen twenty four, 24, um, which is actually the, the verse of salvation. A lot of people think that it's John three sixteen. Uh, that famous verse that says, "For you know, there is no greater love um, than for Jesus Christ Himself to embrace the human condition, um, you know, and and to to embrace the cross as a means of salvation." But in reality, Jesus's guidance to the world is to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow Me. That's that's the way to salvation. So what happens ultimately um, is that a, a cross in the Christian life is is really anything that. We might find burdensome or that we might find difficult something that we're annoyed by something that we don't want to have to deal with That's a cross that we experience in in the spiritual life and cancer um, by its very nature is uh, To say the least a different kind of cross and that's where we get this title This idea that cancer is a cross of a different kind. So that's that's really where the title comes from Mallory
0: Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm I mean, it's very uh, very exciting what this um, to kind of start the premise of this book i can definitely see how it's going to you know help a whole lot of people it's really amazing so um, there are there are a number of books out there about various cancer experiences and different spiritual perspectives on such a journey what would you say makes yours unique
1: <clears throat> this is um this is a, a very good question you you um <laughs> you have have the benefit of of not only uh, having known me for a number of years, and that way you you can ask the questions that you know are going to probe me and cause me to to think. But um, (laughs) basically, if if I had to answer this question in in sort of summative means, I would say that most other books um, address one particular group of persons uh, who are impacted by cancer. So... Uh, perhaps individuals that have lost loved ones to cancer, uh, individuals that might be in some way um, fighting the battle against cancer themselves, or survivors. But in my own experience I've unfortunately found that um, these same persons who may at one point in their life face one of these adversities, whether again within that group of three losing loved ones to cancer fighting it themselves or having to press on in their lives um, fundamentally changed by the reality of cancer as a survivor more than likely they will encounter in their lives whether personally or known to others more than one occasion of an experience or a, or a personal touching with um, cancer and, and the way that I'll illustrate this is is sort of by anecdotal evidence but some examples here um you know, when I was going through my own cancer fight some twenty years ago, even though I was a little child um, and a lot of people ask me all the time how how do you possibly remember that it was twenty years ago and you were you know five years old well you you don't easily forget um you know not just the pain of something like that but also the good things that you experience the outpouring of love that you receive and the tenderness with which you're with which you're treated by other people but um you know i I had friends that you know i I would see for you know, a couple of days in a row for for subsequent treatments, a couple of weeks in a row, and then all of a sudden I wouldn't see those people anymore. And you know, that's a it's kind of a very harrowing thing. But I mean, you know, you, use your best to your to your mind to figure out why I maybe didn't see those persons anymore. And you'll understand that even at a young age, I was in in some way or another, whether whether to my own will or against my own will, was compelled to accept the reality that I had lost these persons who by the nature of their friendship, were persons that I loved in a certain way to, to the realities of cancer. And, of course, along the way, um, not just in my own battles, my own trials, but, um, you know, having worked as a chaplain and having uh, encouraged and, and walked with others in their cancer journey, you know, I've I've seen others go through cancer, um, people in my own family as well. And then, of course, I've, I'm blessed to know a number of other people who are, who are counted among those that we call survivors. As well, so um, to say that any one person who's ever experienced cancer is only going to experience one form. Well, that's that's the best case scenario, and we certainly hope that we pray that for for everyone. In fact, that they are only going to experience cancer in one way. But the unfortunate reality is, um, generally, people are affected by cancer in more than one way. Um, and this book deals in three separate parts, actually, with all the general ways that a person could be touched by cancer. And again, for emphasis, those three parts are, uh, at least in my book, part one, um, a spirituality for those who have lost loved ones to cancer, so a grief spirituality, if you will, um, how to sort of press on for those that are, that are left to tell the story. Um, the second part is... Um, Truly, the the spirituality for persons in the throes of cancer, those that are going through the fight themselves, and then the third and final part is the spirituality for um, cancer survivors. And and what makes this unique, at least I'm told by my editor and publisher, both they were very excited about this. No other cancer and spirituality books that are in existence on the market. And again, there's a plethora of them, and I can recommend some really good ones too. Some that I've actually utilized in the writing of my own book, but, but what they've said is that there's, there, there are no others that actually, um, include all three of those, those various groups in one. It's as if though all of the other books have been written with one particular audience in mind, and what the editors and the publisher, um, really, really liked about my approach is that mine can be used sort of as a field guide for, for person's, Who may indeed have to experience more than just one brush with cancer Uh, and in that way No matter what stage they are in their lives They can they can sort of continue to use this and kind of hold on to it And so they thought that that was kind of special
0: Wow, no, I definitely agree that that's definitely special unique aspect of your book such a heavy uh, realization to have as such a young child um, so, um, you obviously have a very personal stake in all of this. Would you tell our audience a bit, uh, more about why this book is so significant, significant to you personally?
1: Certainly. Um, I think a little bit, um, not, not entirely, but I, I answered some of that in the last question. Um, and that, in, in that I have, I have gone through this, you know, myself, I've, I've fought cancer myself and, um, I, I really never I really, really don't like um, when people say, you know, oh well, you know, well, you you fought and you won. Um, I don't necessarily know that I won. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm still alive, yes, and I'm grateful to God every day for that. But um, cancer does transform your life, um, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as the as the show goes on, but. Um, it it takes as much as it gives perspective and as much as it gives back to your life um, it does take in a certain way and so you know in in my in my personal bit here um you know I've lost uh people that I love to cancer um both of my grandfathers in one way shape or form, my paternal grandfather to uh stomach cancer and my maternal grandfather to complications with uh with lung cancer in fact so um, you know it's it's taken it has taken people from my life that were of significance and of, of great importance and and uh, dealing with those types of losses um, whether it's an instantaneous connection or not, whether it's something that that listeners realize at you know the surface level or not uh, dealing with these types of losses um, of a physical sort puts you in a in a sort of greater um, Emotional or, or socio sort of context to feel even deeper losses of a of a non physical sort. So emotional losses, and I know that um, you know within the last uh, last several months, um, maybe six to seven months to a year nearing uh, of my life, you know I've I've dealt with two significant losses. One was a was a significant emotional loss, and the other was a loss of a of a good buddy of mine. Um, to um, in in physical presence, he he passed away the day after Thanksgiving, and 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 these things um, have weighed on me. But in a way, I feel like maybe God allowed me to experience and to understand the depths of these losses at the time that I would be writing and editing and and composing this book and getting it ready for rollout, so that I would actually be able to. Uh, not only articulate and put into words um how great an effect that has on people but but to really understand what my readers are going to be experiencing when when they're when they're looking to my book for help in the grieving process so um that's that's sort of the the personal stake in this for me you know i've I've been through it personally i've lost loved ones to cancer i've fought the battle against cancer myself and and thank God, you know, I've, I've overcome it. And one more thing that I'll, I'll mention much the, probably to the chagrin of my parents and other, other loved ones, but it's, it's a reality that I have to just admit and acknowledge is that, um, you know, I'm a survivor of a blood cancer, uh, of a, of a leukemia. Um, it's a bit different than a, than a tumor or, or something like that. A, a, A blood cancer. Um, you know, yeah, they say after 10 years, it's considered cured. A blood cancer is always ever in remission. Um, we live, blood cancer survivors, literally on a, on a day-to-day basis. Every single day is another gift from God. Every single day that, that, that hasn't come back. You know, that's, that's something that, that we honestly, you know, we'll hit our knees when we wake up in the morning and we'll thank God that, you know, things are still looking good. Things are still in remission. So yeah, I've had a personal stake in all of this, and it's it's informed um, my writing, not just in a personal way, but you know, in, in some ways, you know, obviously, I've I've studied spirituality and theology for for a living for, for quite a while, and and written on some other areas. So I just decided that being in my twentieth year of remission myself, that this would be a good time to, to tackle this topic.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It's uh, you definitely fit into all three of those categories and can speak from a first. Firsthand basis, um, so um, having having experienced loss in your own life of loved ones from cancer, fighting cancer, uh, the cancer battle yourself, and now thankfully being a survivor of it, were there any parts of this book that were more difficult for you to write than others, and what made them so?
1: Certainly, um, you know I, I worked in in chaplaincy for a little while at um, the local uh, children's hospital um, here in Memphis. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I was a chaplain's assistant for a while, and would bring um, the the Eucharist. I'm a Catholic, so I would bring um, the what we believe to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ to the Catholic patients and their families. And um, you know, I would be asked to bring the uh, the Eucharist to these individuals um, in their best of cases, um, cases when they were delivered that very day. News that their cancer had gone into remission, um, and I was also asked to bring it to them, and uh, on some on-call basis in the middle of the night when, when perhaps you know the the patients wouldn't um, awaken to to see the light of the next day or something like that. And and honestly, um, there is a difficulty in in seeing other persons pass away from the very same thing that you survived for whatever reason or another, and that's just a very stark and and sort of harrowing um, type thing to have to to have to endure and to have to realize um, that for whatever reason, you know, you're left to tell your tale while while someone who you know, for all intents and purposes, younger than you, absolutely deserved um, continued life, uh, is is for whatever reason, um, you know, passed up for that opportunity. So that that dredges up you know, not only some deeper sort of emotional and, and spiritual struggles and questions for sure, um, but also dredges up some old memories. Um, you know, not every patient or every case that, that I had was, was as uh, as sullen or as sad um, as, as ones that I've just mentioned, and not everyone was as joyful or as happy as, as news of a remission, but there would be just ordinary days, ordinary days just like we experience in the, the run-of-the-mill day-in, day-out of our own life happen within the hospital and within the cancer struggle as well. A day where um, perhaps you didn't feel bad, but you didn't perhaps feel great, um, and you were still just in the hospital for observation. Well, there were days where I would, where I would experience those um, types of, of interactions with patients, and, I, and, and it would dredge up old memories for myself um, that, that I also had to face. And... Um, you know, if I'm being fully and completely honest with you, uh, Mallory, uh, these experiences were motivating factors for me. Really, I, um, whenever I would have these, yeah, I mean, there, there were. I'm not going to lie to any of our audience members. Yeah, there were um, copious tears shed over the pages of these books um, that that I've that I've written. Not just this one, but in the past, you know, for, for various things that have come up. This one, um, however, I I did it old school, you might say, with the with the air quotes around it for our for our radio listeners, obviously. Um, y- you know, I wrote this entire book by hand and then transcribed it or had it transcribed rather into into typing, um, but but wrote it by hand with the scribbles and all, and um, there were some times when sometimes the the words would get smudged from from tears of the of the old memories either happy or sad, that would come up. And, yeah, there were plenty of happy ones, too. Um, For every one of those, happy or sad, these experiences turned into motivation. And I just thought, you know, even in the days when I was experiencing writer's block, there's an end goal to this, and it's not just to finish writing this damn book, you know. It's actually, uh, I want people to read this book, and I want people to feel a greater sense of hope, of encouragement, of resolve, of strength. I want them to feel positively better about whatever phase in the cancer fight they're experiencing. Whether they're trying to obtain hope and comfort in their grief, strength to fight another day, or to encourage them to continue rejoicing in their survival. That's the goal. So all of, these, all of these experiences, positive or negative, that I had, they were motivating factors for me.
0: Wow, that's pure passion if I've ever heard it before. Um, and I also understand that you are taking no royalties or payments of any kind from the writing or sale of this book. What you're doing with those is actually pretty incredible. Um, would you please share with us what you're doing with those proceeds?
1: Indeed, I am not. Uh, I'm not taking a dime. Actually, a hundred percent of all of the proceeds from the sale of of this book uh, will be um, turned over, donated right back to um, the place uh, that I owe my life to in in large part, um, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital here in Memphis. Um, after uh, any and all copyright legal fees, um, which I've. <laughs> done my level best to ensure or at an absolute minimum um, all of the proceeds from the sales of these books. Royalties, proceeds, everything. We'll all go back to St. Jude and uh, it's truly been, it's truly been a team effort um, to be honest with you, uh, th- this book is not going to be a success purely because of, because of the, the written content that I put within it. Um, No matter how much people say never judge a book by its cover, it's something that we all instinctively do. Um, You know, I know I've been in uh, many a bookstore, and um, if I'm looking for a book on a certain topic, uh, just by human nature, the the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pick that book up and I'm going to live with it in my hands for just a few seconds, judging its cover, uh, reading the back of it, um, which is content, but it's still part of the cover, you know. Um, so that presentation being nine-tenths of the law uh, it really does apply to to human nature in, in, a, in a large spectrum. Um, and so I know that that hopefully the interior and the written contents that I provide will, will be of, of great essence and help, hopefully, I pray to God that they are helpful, Um I really do, but this is a team effort because I have a fantastic illustrator. I truly do. Um, a young lady from Omaha, Nebraska, um, if, if she listens to this, her illustrations are uh, incredible. She, she freehand drew the illustration that we're using for the cover, as well as all three of the interior illustrations that divide each part of of the book and then um, a fantastic graphic designer who is a, uh, a student at the University of Memphis uh, here in our, our uh, town of Memphis where our studios are located and um, She she's absolutely fantastic as well. Um, she's putting all of this together uh, when it comes to formatting this book interior and exterior uh, in, in getting it ready for ways that the printer and the publisher will actually be able to roll it out um, all of that stuff is like Greek well that's not a great example I had to learn Greek and theology it's a, a language that I uh, I'm not really great at Spanish to be honest with you so so like I uh, you're pretty good at it though what does, Ro- <laughs> si. what, does what does Rojo mean Mark? I, uh, more, more or less though uh, you know so so you know a language that I, I would not know uh, very very technical but but she has that stuff just down to pinpoint, you know, and and, and so without without those two, um, the illustrator uh, up there in Omaha, and then and then this uh, fantastic graphic designer, um, and you know I I will for for um, just just their sakes, uh, our my illustrator's name is uh, she goes by goes by Missy, and then our graphic designer uh, goes by Brianna. Uh, both of them are fantastic, and uh, if they listen to this show this evening. Um, they have agreed uh, to do their work at a um, what I the only way I can describe it is a very charitable rate uh, to make all of this come together. Um, they are exhausting some considerable amounts of their time and their life for this project, and they are taking the absolute minimum um, that that they can uh, for for their fees. And both of them are you know in in work and school full time and still. Um, helping me uh, make this a possibility. So I I just, I can't thank them enough.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I do definitely agree. You have an amazing team on your side. Well, you're part of that
1: team. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to mention you're co-hosting this show. (laughs) So, I mean, you are part of this team. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Um, all right, Anthony, so we've actually just got two more questions for you, um, and we'll let you get back to your writing.
1: Yeah, because it never stops, apparently. <laughs> That's apparently, never stops. It never
0: well, stops. it's good for us, right?
1: Yeah, it's great for y'all. It's, it's <laughs> just a joy for me. It really is a joy for me.
0: No. Good. I'm, I, I can tell. I can definitely tell. So, um, this book is an interesting mix of spiritual theology mixed with some practical self-help and personal growth techniques. What eternal significance, um vis-a-vis a a person's spiritual life do you think an experience with cancer might have
1: all right so this is an interesting one um and this is a a a very um depth defying sort of question um so much time in the cancer experience is spent in in what i would call a sort of death in life um that you gather sort of a sense of the sacred um your sense of the sacred becomes heightened what i what i mean by this and you you know i not to sound condescending but i wouldn't expect someone who hasn't gone through a catastrophic illness or or the cancer experience to really understand authentically what is meant by this idea of living a death in life um Cancer patients, patients with catastrophic illnesses, we spend so much of our time sort of teetering in the in-between of, of both life and then standing at, the, at you know, St. Peter's gates to heaven there, you know. Um, we really do absorb ontologically. That is, we, we undergo a, an absorption into our very self, a, a fundamental change in our being, in our existence, that, that we become a little bit closer to that in which we live so much of our life. That is, that, that thin veil between heaven and earth, that thin veil between the physical and the spiritual realm. And I know that sounds very metaphysical, that sounds very supernatural, very heady. Um, so maybe let me concretize it a little bit better by, by saying it this way you realize that there's not only more to this life than you ever thought there was before your cancer experience, but you realize that what comes in the next life, eternal life, makes you want to live this life for the right reasons all the more. And, and, and I'm not saying that to be overly moralistic. You know, I don't want listeners to think that I'm saying, oh, well, if you were given a second chance at life, then you have to go around acting like a saint. Uh, I mean, I'm sure... Many uh, pastors and priests and 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 church going persons throughout the world would say, "Yeah, that's the idea. Well, yeah, that is the idea. We're all called to be great saints, but you know we, we're also not God. we are not beings of perfection. so the fact that that we can we can see how much more this life offers and how much more worthy this life is to live. Because of of the eternal life that we are, in a way, promised with, with Jesus himself in the next life, that makes us, to, to use a, a colloquialism, a, a phrase that's that's beaten to death, honestly, to, to live it up in this life. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, as long as it's lived up in the right way and for the right reasons. So, honestly, the eternal significance for spiritual life that that the cancer experience affords a person, if I had to answer that in very simple terms, it provides perspective. It strengthens faith. It renews hope. And perhaps this is the most important thing that I hope any guest from this entire show, whether they buy my book or not, takes away. The cancer experience validates love. Anyone that's been through it will tell you that were it not for that experience, they would never have learned how to love or how to know that they had ever been loved. You know, I read something, um, actually, ironically, just yesterday, right, ironically, before we would, we would take this show, Mallory, that, that says, we cannot love who we do not know. We cannot love who we do not know, and how true that is. You know, um, I I in the the graces of 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 friendship and connectivity could not love you did I not know of your existence. So I think what this says to us in a great way is that we cannot know love itself, the author of love. And again, that is God is love. We could not know what love is did we not know him personally. And I think that's that's the greatest eternal significance and the eternal takeaway of the cancer experience it validates love
0: i think that's so true it's amazing um lastly anthony um what are the next steps in the rollout of cross of a different kind that is um after the book itself is available for everyone
1: well, there's a, there's a couple of things that um, I'm pretty excited to announce. Um, you know, now that now that this show has been kind of uh, kind of heady, and at it, and it's some parts probably you know um, thought provoking, and and maybe it's sometimes sad, sometimes infused with our uh, quirky hilarity, if you will. Um, yeah, we're excited about a lot of things. There's going to be a, a four city um, book signing tour, um, which again I'm excited to do just because I love to travel. But um, again, just to remind everybody. Um, That's not for the sake of celebrity Um, every bit of the proceeds of this book will be donated back to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So if we are coming to your city, um, we have two down pat already. The other two um, We're still working with um, publicists and things like that to just sort of uh, feel those out and try and figure out which which ones we're going to do but we're definitely going to have the signing obviously here in Memphis the home of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and we're going to have one in New Orleans, Louisiana, at the uh, hopefully at the International Shrine of Saint Jude, uh, there at North Rampot Street in New Orleans, um, and then other two, um, you know, we'll just have to we'll just have to stay in touch to find out where those are. So we're obviously going to do that. There will be a release party um, here in Memphis, and if any listeners are out of town, just happen to be in the Memphis area uh, around the time of the release party, you know, they're welcome to stop by. Um, something that's going to be very interesting um, for that and I was thinking about saving this as a surprise but I thought I would mention it anyway just now uh, just because um, actually at the release party um, and again this is another one of those things I said at the at the outset of the show probably much the chagrin of my parents and other loved ones there's an organization uh, that one of my cancer survivor friends from St. Jude. Um, her name is Emily, and uh, she is an ambassador for an organization that is advocates for uh, children with cancer called St. Baldrick's. And uh, what you can do for the um, the St. Baldrick's Association, St. Baldrick's Organization, St. Baldrick's Foundation, I believe is what it's called. Uh, is you can become a shavee and so at the release party, I will be having uh, a a, uh, a personal barber, barbress, she's a female, to me, actually shaving my head entirely uh, to be in solidarity with all of the cancer patients throughout the world who, for chemotherapy or radiation, uh, have, to, have to lose their hair, so that will be something that will be happening um, at the release party. Uh, I'm Oddly, kind of excited about that, as strangely attached as I am to my gorgeous locks. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm sure others are not. Um, another thing we're going to do: there's going to be a three part lecture series on our partner network, which is called Fiat Ministry Network. Um, they're going to be there's going to be a, a three part lecture series, and I will be um, basically giving uh, thirty five to forty minute lectures on each part of my book, and trying to condense five to six chapters for each part down into 35 to 40 minutes. It's going to be a, a feat in itself, but there will be that three part lecture series um, that Fiat Ministry will be airing and producing and then rolling out into actually a DVD box set. So like all good things in life, especially books, they eventually in some way, shape, or form get made into movies. So for anybody that doesn't want to actually read the, read the book... Um, please, so who's playing you? Yeah, yeah obviously I'm going to be playing myself. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully they will still uh, read the book. Um, either way, uh, so that's going to be happening. And, and those are all some things that we're very excited about. And hopefully we'll, we'll find um, some trusted academics to actually... Uh, review the book for us hopefully positively Um, but but that's sort of a sort of a minor thing in the grand scheme of things Um, we just we want to make sure that this book touches lives um, and and touches them for the better
0: that's awesome it's very exciting news um, to hear everything that's going on afterward uh, and before Um, so I mean Anthony it's been fun Um, and informative chatting with you today, and we thank you for being on the other side of the microphone in the guest role today. Well,
1: thank you, Mallory. Uh, you've been you've been quite the quite the gracious and talented host, if I do say so myself.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, we certainly look forward to the release um, of and to reading Cross of a Different Kind, which is a Christian spirituality for all persons touched by cancer. That'll be out in January or February 2018. Um, and we certainly, once again, as always, want to thank all of you, our listeners, for joining us today and encourage you to tune in next time. For Anthony Maranis and all of us here at Eternal Insight, I'm Mallory Taff wishing you only good things. Awesome.